Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. If you don't have a reason to praise this morning, I'm just going to tell you, you, you aren't down with the flu. So that's reason for praise right there, because we have got a ton of people who are down with the flu this morning. And so we remember you in prayer. We're glad if you're tuning in online, uh, whether live or you're watching later today, uh, it's great to have you with us as well. And so now there's a few of us here, so you guys are going to have to do your job really well, all right? So, all right, Chris came ready to worship this morning. So, all right, he's setting a good example for us. If you're a guest with us or you're watching online for the first time, uh, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Assembly, and we believe God is doing great things. All right? Now, listen, if you're watching online, you're going, man, there's not a lot of people saying amen. There's just not a lot of people here today, but God's doing great things. Uh, We're going to do service a little bit different today. We're mixing up the order, and that's okay to do that. Amen? Uh, We're going to allow God to kind of speak to us today uh, in a little different way, and we'll worship at the end of service. So I'm hoping that the goal here is we're going to hopefully inspire you to want to enter into worship Uh, in a very passionate way today uh, with the Lord. Uh, A couple of quick things to make mention of. There are no Wednesday night activities, and that's because our staff is doing a strategic planning meeting this Wednesday, so we're excited about that as we make plans for 2024, uh, get all our ducks in a row for everybody else. That'll be a good thing. Uh, Sound effects, too. Wow. All right. Um, Regular activities will resume next week, starting on Saturday. We'll have women's Bible study at 9 a.m., Next Sunday, we'll have small groups or grow groups back up and running at 9 a.m., and Sunday morning service will be 10 a.m. next Sunday. Uh, You can read the bulletin for the rest of things. Uh, I will make mention that the office will be closed on on Monday and Tuesday this week, uh, so be aware of that. Um, I want you to think really quickly about 2023. We're going to dismiss kids in just a minute, but we're going to do communion together, and before we do that, if if you don't have your... Your, your emblems today. If you want to go out and pick those up, if you're ready for that, that's great. Uh, if, the, if you're a student here, a uh, child, and you're wondering about communion, we're going to leave that up to your parents, your guardians, whoever you came with today. Our one rule for doing communion is you have a relationship with Jesus. If you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that he came, that he died, and that he rose. Before we take the uh, 2023, what do you do in your life? If you picked up a bulletin this morning, you'll notice that one side is blank, and that's on purpose today, because I would love for you to take that home and write down the different things that God did in 2023. Stick that in your Bible, put it up on your fridge. Maybe you'll you'll need to put it right up on your mirror where you get up in the mornings, because I want that to inspire you and remember what God did. Oftentimes in the Bible, what we see, especially in the Old Testament, is God's people would have these moments, and when God moved in great ways, they built an altar, and they had this moment of praise and worship, but that altar also stood there as a monument to say, I remember what God did when. And as generations would go by, I could see, you know, people asking, you know, well, what was that for? Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, well, That's when God came through for his people and he did A, B, and C. And I'm just going to let you know, going into 2024, I have great expectations for what God is going to do in and through our church and what he's going to do in and through you. 
But there are going to be moments where it's difficult, where it's hard. And there may be days where you're like, man, I just don't know if I can keep going. But I want you to be able to pull out that, that, that bulletin and go, but look what God did in 2023. Look how he came through for me. So what is it that God did in 2023 for you? I think back for, for just looking at our church and we saw so many people get baptized. We had 13 or 14 new members join the church this last year. We, we sent a missions team to Nicaragua and there were lives forever touched and changed. We rescued six women out of sex trafficking. Think about that just for a minute, just the impact that that has had. Six women who a year ago today had no idea what their future held except for the same routine of being abused and used. Today have freedom in Christ, are being trained, have a place to live and being trained in a career for their life. We got to be a part of that as a church. And maybe you got involved in something that we were doing. Maybe it was last year's Easter egg hunt for the community. What a fun event that was. Or maybe it was VBS. Or maybe it was being part of our outdoor services. And maybe you just lifted the weights and took them back and forth every Sunday. Or maybe you were part of FCA dinners. Or you attended grow groups for the first time. Maybe you went to the ladies gathering. You were part of our worship team. Part of September Fest. Part of what we did this last December. But I know that God did something for everybody here. Because he's faithful. Just take a moment and just reflect. What is it that God did for you in 2023? Find one thing. Think of one thing. Everybody in this place, find that one thing. Take just a moment. How good is our God then? And I realize for some of you it was difficult this year, but God is still good and he's still faithful. We're going to talk about this in today's message. I think back this morning as it's New Year's Eve and, you know, it's a time of reflection. How the disciples thought back to that first communion they had with Jesus. Right before things were about to take a crazy change in a way that they could never have expected. You know, ministry was at this highest point. They had all these things, all these stories. And maybe as they sat around that table, around that room, and, and they were talking, and they went back. And remember when Jesus called us? We were. We couldn't catch up. And then he called us into ministry. And then they probably thought about all the different lives that had been touched in the last three years and how Jesus had stepped in. Remember, remember the praise and worship in that one house and God was doing great things. Jesus was moving and, and then they tore the roof off. Literally, they tore the roof off and lowered that man down and he could walk again. Oh, remember that time at the well where, where Jesus was talking to that lady and she ran off before we could find out what happened. And she brought the whole town back and they all got saved. Remember that? And I rem they must have sat around and thought about these things, reflecting. And then as they got ready to take that communion, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. 
This morning as we partake in communion, let's remember what Jesus did. Absolutely, of course, the work on the cross and his resurrection. We need to remember that. But we also need to remember Jesus is daily working in and through our lives this morning. The scripture says in Luke 22, 19 and 20, and he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can we get ready with that emblem of bread this morning? on this New Year's Eve, we look back to this last year and we just thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you first as a church for the things that you've done in and through us. You've changed a lot of things. You've changed our hearts. You've changed our structure as a church. You've brought in so much new blood this last year into this place and new members to be a part of us launching into the future, and we thank you for that. We've been a part of impacting our community in a, a way that we really probably will never know until we get to heaven. Even this morning, we have a worship team leading worship at another church here in Wisconsin. Lord, thank you for enabling us to be a church that makes an impact and a difference, just not in this building, but in our community and in other communities and on the mission field. But Lord, we're able to do this work because of what you endured for us. You set the example. At any point, you could have thrown in the towel. But our Savior didn't do that. He was committed. And even in your brokenness, you stayed faithful to the mission because you loved us. You purchased us at such a high price. Our freedom cost you so much. Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Let's partake of the bread together this morning. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this is the cup that is poured out for you. This is the new covenant in my blood. Lord, this morning we are grateful. We are not stuck in religion. But Lord, that we have a vibrant relationship with our Savior. It's not our acts that save us. It's not our language. It's not what we wear. We're saved by your blood. It is what redeems us. And, and what, what from having this last year may not have been perfect for everybody. In fact, it wasn't perfect for any of us. But God, you are writing a story of grace and mercy and love and power and redemption in and through our lives. Lord, I pray when we go through hardships, what comes out of us is what comes out of you. An overwhelming love for others, for your Father, 
Lord, we want to love you more. Lord, we thank you that you poured out your blood. You bought us at a price. And that, Lord, we are redeemed, not through our actions, but through your work on the cross. Lord, help us to grow deeper with you this coming year. Let's take the cup together this morning. Lord, as we get ready to dismiss our kids and preach the word this morning, God, will you accomplish all that you want to do in and through your people this morning? Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and God's people said, amen, amen. Robbie, thank you so much. Kids, we're dismissing you to Kids Church. Miss Jackie is ready. She's got some awesome plans today. Well, happy new year. It's a little early, but I doubt I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, and I want you to have a great new year as you spend it hopefully with friends or family or maybe just taking a break and a moment of rest. That's fine, too. But I want you to start off your year year really well. This is our, our last message in our, in our current series that we've been talking about. And we it's perfect timing because it comes to the end of Paul and Barnabas's missionary journey. They've sent somewhere between a year and a half and two and a half years traveling and preaching together from one community to the next. They started off as a team of three, but, but somewhere in the journey, John Mark left them for whatever reason. We really don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. We know that Paul had an attitude about it for sure for a long time, but eventually let it go some years later. But Paul and Barnabas had faithfully ministered together. And we're going to pick up right where we were the last time we were in Acts. And it's Acts chapter 14. And uh, we'll pick up in 19. Uh, and here we see that they're in Lystra. And eventually Paul gets stoned. And we'll, we'll read that right now. In verse 19 it says, Some Jews came from Antioch and Iconom and, and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead, but after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back in the city, and the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Let's continue on in the scripture. We'll go back and talk about that in just a second. They preached the gospel in the city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconom, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting, committing them to the Lord in whom they could put their trust. After going through uh, Pisidia, they came to Pamelia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Attila. From Attila, they sailed back to Antioch, and this is a different Antioch. This is where they originally had taken off from, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church to get faith to the Gentiles. Here we see that Paul and Bar had, 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 had been a mix of up and downs. But in this, this Derby was the final location before they would turn around and begin their journey back. 
And it ends on a really good note, but it may not have. Remember, the town before this in Lystra, it was one of their, their biggest defeats in a lot of ways. Remember, as they went in, they began to preach. All of a sudden, people thought, oh, man, the gods have come down among us. And they, they start calling them the, the Greek gods, and, and they wanted to do sacrifices to them. And they're having to go, no, 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 it's not this at all. And they're trying to explain what's happening and that God's power and freedom and hope is available to them. But then these troublemakers from other towns they had gone to showed up, and they stir the crowd up, and it turns into a mob. Paul gets stoned, dragged out of the town, stoned outside the city. And then through the prayers of the church, he's able to get back up. And there's some tenaciousness in this man because he's like, no, 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 I'm not leaving. I still have my suitcase. I'm going back to the city. We'll leave tomorrow. How easy it could have been at this point, at this low point, at this difficult point to throw in the towel. To say that's it. We're done. We're going back home. But they were faithful, and they kept putting one foot in front of the other. And think about it. Because they kept going forward, they went to Derby, and how many families were changed? How many marriages were impacted? How many people found hope and purpose in Christ? All because two men just said, we're not going to give up today. It may have been a bad day. It may have been a bad month. It may have been a bad year, but I'm not turning back because God hasn't said so. And that's the first point I want you to walk away with today. Don't turn back till God says so. We live in a culture today that is so driven by how you feel, right? Everybody's telling you, oh, it's all about how you feel. That is the worst decision-making you could ever make in your entire life, is make a decision based on how you feel. Because I'm going to tell you the truth about feelings. They lie to us. Not all the time, but they sure can. I feel alone. God's word says he will never leave you nor forsake you. So you might feel alone, but that is not the truth. And we have to get to a place in our faith where we go, I am tired of having my life controlled by my feelings. And it is time for me to control how I feel. It's time for me to tell my emotions. Look, emotions happen. They're going to happen. That's reality. And it's okay to feel things. I want you to feel things. It's much more scarier when I meet someone who feels nothing, all right? Those are called psychopaths, and you don't necessarily want them in your church, all right? There's a whole, I got a slew of books in my office talking about how to deal with that, all right? You don't want those kind of people. I want people in my church that feel, all right? I just don't want people in my church that are controlled by their feelings. Like, it's, it's, it's we live in this world of extremes. Like, in the 1990s, everything was extreme. Like Mountain Dew, extreme, all right? And, I mean, everything got extreme starting in the 90s and in the 2000s. And then, you know, in, in the 2010s, like, politics went to extreme. Everything's extreme. And, and I think that, that in, in this cycle, we see people that go to the extremes. 
No feelings, all feelings. Like, God wants us somewhere in between. Like, he wants either. There's times where we've just got to tell ourselves, look, I might feel this way, but I'm still going to get up and I'm still going to move forward. Yes, there are days where, man, you feel like, I don't want to roll out of bed. I just want to stay here all day long. That's going to happen. And occasionally you might stay in bed all day long. But you can't stay in bed all day long forever. God's got a life for you to live, and it's not meant to be lived between the sheets. It's meant you got to get up. And some days it's difficult. It's easier when the sun's out, amen? Like this last week, there were some days where the sun came out. It's like, yes, we're going to do great things. We're going to go. And it was warm. It was like, I don't know. We're going to do house projects. We're going to do stuff today. It's just the sun is out. And then we have four days where it's cloudy and overcast. And it's like, I'm so depressed. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to do anything. It's like, there's no natural light. It's like, oh, it's horrible. But we still have to live, church. We still have to live. And listen, I realize for some people in this room and watching online, 2023, not the best year for you. Maybe you got a medical diagnosis. Maybe you lost family members unexpectedly. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe a relationship ended in your life, and and you're just trying to pick up the pieces. But I want to tell you, there is good news. And you're like, what is good news about any of that? The fact that you are still standing is good news. You endured. You're still here, and what that tells me is God's not done. Like many of you might, you might be in a season where it's like, you feel like Paul. I got dragged out of the city. I got the wind knocked out of me. I'm laying here, and now the church is looking over. You okay, Paul? You all right, buddy? I always like the fact that it tells a story about Paul. Where is Barnabas? Paul got stoned. Barnabas is like, um, yeah, I'm going to just make sure he's okay now. Like, he's probably the first guy there checking to see if Paul's got a pulse. He's like just praying, oh, Lord, please don't let this be me, but please touch my brother Paul. I don't know. But when Paul wakes up, all the church is looking over him like, hey, how's it going? (laughs) And I don't know if Paul was dead, but he was definitely hurting. But he got back up, and he went back into the city. That's not to be overlooked. That might be the most powerful statement in there. He got up and he went back into the city. Listen, God is not done working in you. So don't run back home. Don't run back to the old lifestyle. Don't run back to the old patterns. And for some people here, I want to say this this morning. I've seen it over and over and over again. As you grow in God, there is a place where you will get to where you don't recognize yourself anymore. Because God is changing you. One of two things happens in that moment when that realization hits you. You rather go, when I'm committed to who God's making me to be. Or it freaks you out and you run the other direction and you run back. Because it scares you to walk in the unknown. People get so comfortable living, even if we're living in dysfunction, that when we begin to get set free from that and begin to walk in freedom, that they would rather run back to dysfunction. (laughs) Just get ready. We got candles. It'll all be okay, and I can preach really loud. Uh, People would rather run back to dysfunction than to walk in the unknown. 
And I just want to tell you, walk in the unknown, and let's walk in the unknown together. Let's have God, God shake us up and change us and transform us. When I, when I look in the mirror, I don't see the kid that was there when I was 25 or 30 or even 40. But can I tell you what? I like the guy I'm looking at now a whole lot better than the guy I was when I was 40. Years, 10 years, 15 years ago. Don't run back home. Don't throw in the towel because it's difficult or challenging. And that brings us to point two. Difficult does not mean fruitlessness. Difficult does not mean fruitful, fruit, does not mean fruitlessness. What do I mean by that? After they get to the end of this trip and they go, great, we were, we're ended on a high note. I got to believe that the Spirit told them it's time to turn back and go back, but it's also nice to end on a high note, all right? Like, we, we're, most of us are familiar with the NFL, Packers football. Like, we, we've, we've all seen when players play season or two too long, right? Like, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but, but we've all seen it. And, and, and then you watch guys that go out on top. Like, Barry Sanders was at the top of his game. And I know he's a Lions player. I get that. But he was maybe the best running back of all time. And he left the game on top. And there's something about when a player leaves on top, and you're kind of like, oh, we want him for another season. We want more. But, but there's something about leaving when you're at the top and going, man, I, it's a good feeling. And so for these guys, they were at the top. They're like, man, all these people got saved. Nobody stoned us this trip. I'm like, in this city, the, the, the church is just working itself. This is great. But I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to them. But he also spoke to them very specifically because then they said, they returned to Lystra. This is the place that Paul got stoned. They returned to Lystra and Iconon and Antioch, all places that were very difficult and where it wasn't just, hey, the church is going great, but it had extreme difficulties in planting the churches there. He sends them back. And, and I, I, this is a good thing, because he goes back, and what they see is, is two things are going to happen. They're going to show back up in these cities, and there's not going to be any believers. Or they're going to show up, and some people have endured. And what we see is every place that they go, they went, there are believers there. That just because it was difficult, they didn't throw in the towel. They said, we're engaged. We're going places because we have experienced God in our life. And it's too sweet and it's too good to turn back. And so as Paul and Barnabas come through and they meet with these churches, they, they set up leaders now in the churches, which is smart. They didn't do it when they were going through the first time because they're like, look, we kind of got to see what, what plants, what, what's going to take root and what's going to grow. What's developed? in the time since we've been here? What's God done in people's lives? And I believe as they were looking at leaders, they were praying, Lord, just show us. Show us who you've got. Who can, who can lead this church? And I bet they would be surprised if, if some of the people they looked at and said, hey, we're, we're going to pray over you because God's called you. And some of these people would probably be like, what now? <laughs> they probably felt unqualified. But through fasting and praying, God raised up great leaders. All these places that were difficult bared good fruit. 
And I just want to let you know, as you look back at 2023, there were some places that were difficult. There were challenges. There were frustrations. There was hurt. There was pain. And yes, there was even defeat. But that is the great thing that God does. He'll look at those places that we go, well, these are difficult. This is a defeat. This is whatever in our life. And Jesus will go, "Mm, yeah, but I'm going to plant fruit there. Because it's sometimes the most difficult places that when we till up the soil and when we do the work can harvest the most fruit in our life. For all of us here, there is something that we went through this last year that was painful, that was difficult, or maybe a place where we felt like we failed. But if we allow God to have it all, Robbie, Robbie has some awesome, dynamic, great kids. I love his kids. But over the last several years, there were definitely a lot of challenges in your family. At any point, Robbie could have said, I'm throwing in the towel and I'm walking away because he wasn't seeing fruit in a lot of the relationships with his kids. But over the last several years, what I've watched is because of his determination, because he prayed, because he kept going back to it, because it was difficult, because it was challenging, because it was painful, that doesn't mean that God wasn't establishing fruit. And what I saw is a whole bunch of Robbie's kids begin to enter in a relationship. And today I've watched, and he's got great relationship with a lot of his kids. The fruit is great. The fruit is strong. It doesn't mean that it wasn't painful. And we're still praying for breakthrough in other areas of your family. And it can be that same way for you. There might be an area where you've got this overwhelming pain, this overwhelming loss. But I want to tell you, God wants to reach down in that area, and he wants to establish fruit. And can I tell you something? Sometimes in those areas, it's not about what we do. It's about letting God do it. Because sometimes we get in there and we try to meddle and we try to get into things. And and especially when we're dealing with our heart, we only make it worse. (laughs) Sometimes what God is saying, just let go. And would you just let me work? Just just don't get, just don't, just let me, let me in. Just don't get in my way. Let me do some healing here. Let me go to the deeper places. Let me go to these places that are painful. And let me begin to cultivate a place of healing, a place of freedom, and a place of empowerment. Because that's exactly what these guys did. They showed back up on the scene, and it's the place of frustration, hurt, and pain. They show up, and they bring healing, and they bring empowerment. That's what Jesus does. Final thoughts here as we begin to wrap up. Worship team, get ready. We're going to have you come back. God was doing a lot of different things. And as they showed back up, Paul and Barnabas gathered the church and they brought their praise. They brought their praise. I'm excited because on Wednesday, uh, January 10th at 6.30 p.m., we're going to have a very special night. We'd love for you to come because we're going to have a night of prayer and praise. And we, we, I would highly, I know it's a Wednesday, I know that you have to probably sacrifice to get here, but if you can, be here. Because we're joining with other Assemblies of God churches from across the nation that night to lift up some very specific things for our churches, for missions, and for lives and for souls. And there's power when the church prays. And there's power when the church praises. So I hope that you'll show up. 
But here we see that Paul and Barnabas got, got the church together, and, and they began to give praise. On arriving here, they gathered the church together and reported all the good things. Oh, sorry. They reported that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. It's interesting because they probably told him some of the hardships too. But when Paul's writing this down, he doesn't focus on the hardship. What's he focus on? God did great things. And people got saved and churches got established. And that's worthy of the praise. And that's worthy of the hardships that we endure. We got to learn how to bring the praise. We got to learn how to bring the praise. Next week, we're going to start a brand new series. We'll still be in the book of Acts. I may not be there next week, but we're going to go back into the book of Acts, and we're going to see a transformation and a change. And, and we've got a theme running starting next week all the way through Easter, which is breakthrough. Go next. What's the direction? Uh, starting the 17th. I think that we're going to see things that we're talking about on Sunday, which is going to be very different than Wednesday night, but I, I think they're going to just begin to connect and mesh and go together. And I want you to experience great breakthrough in 2024. I believe God does too, and we'll get more into that. But as we close out this year, before we get into 2024, I want to give us an opportunity to bring our praises to God. I thought about Paul and Barnabas and, and, and what, what, they, what they, how they would have said things to the church and the excitement, I think Paul is just an excitable guy from, from his reading, reading what he's wrote in the Bible. And I thought, I heard this song uh, several months ago, and I was thinking about this service specifically, and I was like, we're going to do this song for this service. But I just want to read you the words. It's called Trust in God. And it says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been the fourth man in the fire time after time. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood, and what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who never fails. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I know the author of tomorrow has ordered my steps. So this is my story and this is my song. I'm praising my risen King and Savior all the day long. And I love this chorus. I trust in God my Savior, the one who will never fail. I sought the Lord and he heard and he heard and he uh, sorry, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. Can I tell you, church, he hears your prayers. Not only does he hear, he answers. He may not always answer us the way that we want. But he has earned our trust in what he did at Calvary. He's a God who never abandons us. And when we pray, and especially when we can pray and we can put our agendas aside, and we can seek God with abandonment and just go, Lord, here is the issue. Here is the problem. I don't have the solution. I need you to work in it. 
man, and we open our ears, we can hear the voice of God. He can speak into our life. He can change circumstances. He'll put us exactly where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. Earlier this week, I was in this room and I was praying and I, I was seeking the Lord for a very specific problem and it wasn't necessarily mine. It's kind of mine, but it really has to deal with someone else. And, and I know their frustration in this area of ministry. And I was like, I was thinking about all these things that, that maybe I could say to this individual and, and, and help them to, to see fruit and to, to keep going and to not throw in the towel. And I was, I was just sitting there and I was going. And then I finally got to this point where I was like, wait a minute. I got to stop looking for the answer and I just got to seek God. And I just began to pray and I began to lift that need to the Lord. And almost instantaneously, I received an answer in my spirit. And it was so simple. And it was like, you don't have to do anything. I'm going to do it. And here's what's going to happen. I just need you to keep your mouth shut and watch. And I'm like, I, and I have absolute confidence. God knows what he's doing. I know, the Lord, I know the Lord's voice. So I'm like, man, I would have spent all this time, all this energy. I would have spoken to this person's life, goofed him completely up. Instead, God said, just let me do what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. All right? Somebody here this morning has came discouraged. And you thought, I'm going to throw in the towel. That's it. I've had enough. I can't take anymore. I can't do anymore. It's too much for me. And you are right. It is too much for you. It's not too much for our Savior this morning. Lord, we're about to enter into praise and worship today. Lord, I pray that we understand what you've spoken to us. That, Lord, we're not going to throw in the towel till you tell us it's time to throw in the towel. We're not turning around till it's time to turn around. You've got us on a course. Now, that means we need to remain teachable. It means that we need to remain humble. It means that we need to remain surrendered to you. But, God, you're not done writing my story. You're not done doing something in me and then through me to impact other people's lives. Lord, I pray that, God, I would understand that. We would understand that. You're not done writing the story. Lord, as we end this year, and some of the things were very difficult, some of the things that we've endured, very painful. But, God, I believe in this, those places of difficult and pain, you're going to raise up some incredible fruit as we surrender those things to you. We're going to stop meddling. We're going to stop, stop trying to control. We're going to say, Lord, I surrender it to you. Do what you want to do with this. I believe there's going to be some great fruit. There's going to be some healing in some people's lives, in some areas that just need you to intervene and step in. And Lord, the third point this morning was bring the praise. God, this morning, we may be few, but we can lift our voices loud. The King of Kings is real. This is not a religion. Jesus, you came, you died, you rose again. Your word is true and its power is true and relevant today. Your presence is in this house. You are here today and you are worthy of the praise of your people. So Lord, we end this prayer this morning lifting our voices to heaven and having a time of praise and worship. Do what you want to do. 
Move in your house. Move in the lives of your people in this place. Lord, let us praise you in worship and in truth. And God's people said, let's worship the Lord together one last time in 2023. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's in the fourth man in the fire, time after time. Born of his Yeah. 
just lift your voices to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, we exalt you. Praising him now. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice to the Lord. We praise your name. Lord, we exalt you. We worship you, Jesus. God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Isn't it great just to worship the Lord? There's one thing I know is that God doesn't want us to stop praising Him. And just because we're going to a brand new year, 
doesn't mean God's done with us. How many believe that God's got more in store for 24? You believe that? I believe it too. And this next song we're going to sing is a song of faith. God's not going to stop what he's doing. He's going to keep on moving. I'm moving forward. You going to move forward with me? We can do it as a church together. He's not stopping. He won't stop now. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Are you ready? You're
Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Are you excited for what God's going to do this year? He's not going to stop. Let's sing it again. I know my God. And I say I'm very glad that I got to spend 2023 with you and I'm looking forward to 2024 I gotta be honest I'm a little bit like the parent who's wrapped Christmas presents under the tree uh, over the next natural and I just think the next several weeks God's gonna speak to us it's gonna be great next week you get to have story time with pastor I get to share a story with you I'm looking forward to that taking a little note from Jackie on how to do that. Uh, so we'll have a great time next week. Uh, but I'm looking forward to services in 2024. It's just going to be a really good and a really sweet time. Um, I, I've been sitting here and wrestling with something. Um, and the reason I'm wrestling is because I don't have a great deal of detail, but I just feel like we need to pray today. Um, for, and it's very vague, but I just feel that there is somebody that is, is trying to do something today that they should not be doing. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't really know any more than that, but I just feel very strongly compelled to pray for that. Um, I'm not trying to scare anybody or do anything, but I've just learned when I've heard the voice of God asking me to do these things, I would rather be on this side and be wrong. <laughs> than not have prayed and a tragedy occurs. Um, so would you be willing to pray for me for that? Um, and I know it's really vague, but there's power when we pray together, when we join together. Um, Lord, I just feel in my spirit that there's something happening today, um, that the enemy wants to do something today in our country, in our nation. Maybe it's here in our own state. 
Um, maybe it's at one of the football games today, Lord. I, I, I just, I feel like there's something in a crowded area that the enemy wants to do. But Lord, we pray right now against those things. And Lord, we lift up holiness and righteousness and we lift up the name of Jesus across our country today. That Lord, if there is someone who is feeling this compulsion to do something, to hurt others, to act out, Lord, we pray that those things would fall apart. And we pray for those individuals, God, that have that in their heart, that there would be revelation of Jesus Christ. That there would be something that happens to interfere with them and for those individuals to not succeed. And Lord, that they also would, their eyes would be open to the truth of who you are, who they are. Lord, put the right people in the right places today. And Lord, with it being New Year's Eve, God, we pray specific prayer of blessing over our first responders in our community. The Lord is there out and they are serving our community well, that your hand of protection would be upon them, that they would have wisdom as they deal with things today. And Lord, we pray a blessing over our community. Lord, we want to start 2024 off right. Lord, bless this church. Bless the people here. Bless our community. And God, help us to continue to be the people you are calling us to be. Transform us, change us, help us to make an impact. We want to make an impact, Lord. We want to be the church. We don't want to play church. And Lord, we pray over our offering today. That Lord, as we give, that Lord, what comes in, we would be able to do more with it than we ever thought possible. Lord, I believe there are greater things that lie ahead for our church, for its people, for missions, most of all for salvation. Lord, pray a blessing over them, anoint them today. Lord, as we leave this place, may we always be the church 24-7. We give you praise, glory, and honor, and God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Have a wonderful Christmas Eve and a great, or Christmas Eve, uh, yeah, it's not quite Christmas yet for me. Have a great New Year's Eve and an awesome new year tomorrow.